You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Hi, and welcome to The Podzine, dated Monday the... Now, let's get this right, because I made a mistake last week. The 19th of November, 2007. Hi everybody and welcome once again to the Podzine, the outdoor magazine show for outdoors lovers everywhere around the world, wherever you may be listening. So thanks once again for joining me. Uh, thanks for um, always, always, it's always nice to know who's listening. Thanks very much for any emails and support you've been sending to me through the various um, methods. Uh, and in particular, thank you for the mentions on the various blog sites. Um, there are quite a few uh, bloggers who uh, listen to the show on a regular basis and it's always nice to have them as an audience. And thank them very much for mentioning the show and spreading the word, which is the, the whole point to get this out. And about to a much wider audience if we can. Uh, remember, if you've got any news or uh, any events or anything like that going on, you want to uh, drop me a line and let me know uh, exactly what's happening and we can mention it uh, in the forthcoming show, then please do so. Uh, the email address is, of course, on the website, which is theoutdoorsstation.co.uk, and the email address is info at theoutdoorsstation.co.uk. Well, let's move into uh, this week's show. Uh, it's got uh, one uh, one interview this week's show, and that's with uh, Colin Pryor, who, in my view, is is probably the best landscape speak them the best landscape photographer I will ever have the privilege to speak with. He's a lovely chap as well, uh, and um, he's explaining what's going on with him. And there's talk of something which may be of interest to those of you um, who has uh, got a partner who's desperate to get you something in the outdoors world. And um, if you like your photography, um, then have a listen to the uh, to the interview there might be something on there that you could just sort of subtly you know slip under their noses when they're not looking and say phone this number now uh, so we'll uh, we're talking to him about that um, then of course we've got the the outdoors diary uh, and we've been uh, I've been hunting around actually trying to find um, some uh, information about any events or walking get-togethers or, or whatever that are happening over the next few weeks over the Christmas period in the Midlands area and below because everything seems to be sort of uh, uh, north of uh, of uh, Derbyshire and the lakes really so uh, i found a few things to to talk about and uh, mention so i'll give those a, a bit of a push and a bit of publicity of course we've got our uh, competition winner to um, to congratulate and, and mention uh, for uh, to win the alpkit pipe dream 400 sleeping bag um, had loads of entries for that uh, so uh, thanks to all of you for entering that and please keep your entries coming because uh, we've also got another competition to win another uh, 120 pounds worth of prizes at the end of this show Ah, uh, but first, but first, let's have um, a little bit of, uh, of of gossip. I know uh, many listeners uh, have been uh, customers or uh, associated with uh, F uh, Planet Fear. Uh, obviously over on the adventure racing side uh, and picking up information there uh, which has always been a, a great resource and, and I had a, uh, an email from them just lately, um, sort of a general newsletter type thing and I thought I might just pass that on to, to listeners who may have, might have missed it, um, just to fill them in uh, with exactly what's been happening uh, now as you'll probably remember around October time, uh, sadly uh, Planet Fear ceased to trade uh, there was very little notice about it, it just 
suddenly happened, and uh, the first I noticed was uh, various comments on on forums, people saying what's happened too. Um, but I just thought I'd um, I'd read the the newsletter out to you, and you can pass it on to other uh, interested parties. Uh, dear Planet Fear reader, a lot has happened since the last Planet Fear email. First of all, uh, although there's been no emails from us, it doesn't mean that there hasn't been some excellent new content added. Choose from the eight original feature articles listed below, from the either the climbing or adventure racing content channels and check out the news stories uh, that have been added on an almost a daily basis. So that's been all been going on as normal. So what's been happening here? At the beginning of October, the company which owned Planet Fear got into financial trouble, and as a result, the Planet Fear website was sold to new owners. doesn't actually mention who the new owners are, actually. Uh, but so what does this mean? Well, for now, the shop has been turned off, but new free content is still being added as before, and we expect the shop to be back online within a few weeks in time for Christmas. Well, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, what's going to happen with Planet Fear? The Planet Fear website will remain online and continue to publish great content on a weekly basis. We'll continue to update the news as it happens and you'll be the first to know and the shop will be relaunched very shortly so uh, there's no actual comment of who it's from uh, or who the company is that's bought it um, but if you have any questions you can contact them at help at planetfear.com that's help at planetfear.com now we don't normally do um, uh, job um, vacancies uh, on the show uh, but something caught my eye um, that's been floating around um, the internet the last few days and I thought it might be worth sharing it with you um uh, well, it's a job interview looking for a camping instructor wanted for a television show, obviously a reality show, which has um, got to be taken quite seriously as being something that we uh, we could all share in and, and perhaps um, help educate and enthuse others into the uh, outdoor lifestyle. Uh, and it reads like this. Playboy TV is looking for a male skilled to professional camper that can teach four Playboy models the fundamentals of camping. That's pitching tents, collecting firewood, tips for cooking in the wilderness, etc. for our hit show, Hot Babes Doing Stuff Naked. No nudity required for the male instructor, however, uh, they must be comfortable around nude models. Uh, for immediate consideration, please send your picture, contact info and bio of experience and skills to casting director Madison Smith uh, at casting at playboy.com. Uh, and you must be available for a meet and greet, whatever that is. Uh, so the shooting date apparently is uh, 30th of November, so you've only got a couple of weeks to get your entries in. Uh, the rate is uh, about uh, £120 for the day, or well, four to six hours apparently. And I don't know, you know, it's not sort of not very attractive, is it, that sort of money, especially you've got to fly to, uh, to Los Angeles apparently, where it's all happening. And of course, camping in Los Angeles, uh, I can just imagine being quite an exciting thing to do, looking for firewood and tents and, and such like. Anyway, so that's um, the uh, job section over. Uh, now, now let's move on to uh, our interview with uh, with Colin. Now, uh, Colin Pryor, probably uh, to most outdoors people, will uh, who will know that he is a superb photographer. Uh, his uh, his photographs appear in books and calendars, as, as well as uh, all sort of uh, editorial subjects. Um, and his quality of work is second to none. And in fact, I think he's probably the uh, the best landscape photographer, uh, in my opinion, uh, it's certainly in the UK, if not the world. I I've not seen anything that competes with uh, the, the quality of his output. And um, when I spoke to Colin, which was probably a couple of years ago now, I didn't realise it, I thought it was only 12 months ago, but apparently it was two years ago, he was talking that he was starting some photographic courses. 
And I thought, what a great idea that would be uh, for uh, for people to uh, to get involved and, and see the world through his eyes and learn a lot in the process. I do a bit of photography, and I'm sure a lot of people in the outdoors do as well. Um, and uh, it was uh, it was just something that caught my eye. Anyway, I read recently that um, these courses have uh, have now been um, been running for a while, um, and he is taking people not just in the UK but also further afield as well. Uh, so I managed to catch up with him the other the day and literally the day before he was leaving for Bhutan uh, with some photographers to take them on on one of their courses uh, it sounds absolutely marvelous so um, well let me uh, let Colin explain the story well we're leaving tomorrow for Bhutan uh, we fly to Delhi and then on to Paro and um, I take um, I'm taking on this trip seven photographers um, uh, with me and we plan to do a traverse from uh, one West to East, which will culminate in two festivals, uh, which tourism hasn't really discovered yet. So it's going to be a real privilege to photograph some of the local customs that take place at these festivals. I mean, it, Bhutan is, is certainly not very high on people's uh, tourist list, so, so it really is some... I mean, to do a photographic course as well, or a photographic trip, is quite exciting. Well, there is, and uh, many of the, the group members are, are extremely excited about travelling there. It's a destination that they seem to have uh, wanted to travel to for some time. I've been fortunate enough to have uh, travelled there twice before, once in 1997, and um, I went back in 2002 and took my daughter, who at the time was 10 years old, and uh, she uh, enjoyed it uh, enormously and um, was very much the centre of attraction because what people, certainly what children in Bhutan don't see are Western uh, children. It tends to be a travel connoisseur's place. Mm. And um, so when she found herself at the, at the festivals to, at which I was photographing, she, um, she became very much the centre of attraction. And, of course, being a young girl of 10 years old, enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> and so it's continued for the last few years, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I'm fascinated to know that you, when, when I last spoke to you, probably what 12 months or so ago, you were setting these courses up. And um, just give us an idea, because I'm sure there are many photographers who would love to to have the chance to do something like this in, in your company and learn as much as they possibly can, whether it's abroad or, or in the UK or in Scotland. Um, is it full on, you know, day and night photography all the way through, or is it sort of a bit of a tourist, uh, you know, relaxing as well? Well, Bob, it's really a combination of. of of uh, both these um, aspects, people are um, coming on a break, they're coming on a holiday, and um, the, the courses are designed for people to learn in, in, in that environment. Um, each day we maximise the photographic potential that's, that's possible that day, and um, on the trips that I take out to Noida, um, which um, are based on, on a boat, we don't live in the boat, um, I charter the boat and we use that as a vehicle to reach uh, some of the, uh, the small isles, Muck, Reg, Egg, Rum and Canna, and we also get across to Sky, but um, uh, people appreciate when they come that it's ultimately the wind direction that determines where and when we can go to these islands. So the emphasis is on maximising photographic opportunity. Um, in the evenings, I give tutorials. Um, I give people uh, more information uh, about uh, photographing uh, in the outdoors and in wild places. 
And interestingly, Bob, what, um, what uh, amazes me is that um, people come along in these courses obviously with uh, an aspiration to, to learn, which I seem to be able to fulfil, but they, they go away with a very different set of skills than they imagined they would go away with. I think they, they achieve what they want to, but they've, they've got lots of different ways of looking at the landscape or um, outdoor photography in general than they had when they, when they originally came. Right. Is there, um, I mean, you've, you've been doing these courses now, what, for, for 12 months? Is that right? Well, for two years, this is uh, this is really the second year, and um, we're we're developing a range of experiences. Next year, we're talking currently to a number of hotel groups, um, and I've been asked by quite a number of people if I can run weekend courses and even day courses, which obviously uh, have a shorter um, period of time, which is is um, more convenient for some people. And also, they'll, they'll be cheaper um, and uh, would make an excellent Christmas present, for instance, or um, gift for, um, for for someone. Well, well, that was one of the reasons I, I thought I'd get in touch again, because um, I recognised instantly that, uh, obviously, your, your photographs and, and the content over the years have become incredibly popular, and there's a wonderful uh, skill and, and style that you have. Do you find that there's a typical profile of the type of uh, person that can, joins you on these courses? Is there a certain age limit or a, a background at all? There's not really, Bob. Um, there's, a, there's a wide cross-section of people coming on these trips, um, and a wide range of skill sets, but um, even people who have come uh, originally with very little photographic knowledge have gone away um, very fulfilled, and in no way are they detrimental to the other groups. People come, and uh, the key is for the group to bind, uh, and if it binds well, then people will work uh, at their own levels. But um, I have people that come, photographers that are coming along that are um, aspiring to become professional. Um, they're perhaps working uh, in some other area, you know, perhaps IT or, or commerce. Um, and they, you know, they hope perhaps to become um, uh, full-time photographers. They're, they're maybe making some money from stock. Um, there's other people that are retired or have taken early retirement who have some disposable income and who have uh, engaged in digital photography. It's, it's sort of far their imagination, and they're really looking just for information about how to approach uh, the subjects. Um, and then there's, there's other photographers that come along that are very accomplished, and they're wanting to try and pick up uh, you know, perhaps some of the techniques or approaches that you might make to, to the subject. So it's... Uh, it's a wide variety of individuals that are coming along, and um, I can only say that we've been extremely lucky with uh, the people that we've had and the experiences this year and last year have um, have all been um, welcomed by the participants, and uh, everyone has got on in, in a in an excellent way. The last two years since you've been doing these courses, uh, you've obviously done a fair amount in, in the UK and in Scotland. What's the feedback been from, from doing it locally? Have people had their eyes opened to a whole new type of light and a whole new time of day? Well, being uh, in the locations that we're in, um, I try and maximise the opportunities to shoot at dusk and dawn if the conditions are suitable for that. 
And just two weeks ago, I had a group uh, in Ascent, and, uh, which is above a local, uh, as, as some of um, the listeners will know and others perhaps won't, but it's, it's above Ascent. It's a fantastic area. The, the um, Inverpolly uh, Nature Reserve uh, is there, and there's some mountains such as Stackpolly, uh, Sylvan, Canis, Culmore and Culbeague. Um, that are there. They're not the biggest mountains in Scotland, but they're just such a marvellous variety of shapes. And we spent um, uh, a week there photographing uh, in and around both the mountain and marine areas. But um, there were one or two people on that trip that um, that really were amazed at what they managed to achieve insofar as getting onto not quite the top of Stack Polly, but we were just under the summit uh, before dawn uh, one morning and witnessing and photographing the, the sun rising over Sylvan and just the experience itself of being there, let alone photographing the fantastic colours that we witnessed that morning was for them a great privilege and um, one man in particular said to me that you know he would never have done that had he been on his own um, he'd have felt that it was beyond his capabilities and we just took it very easy and slowly went up the path and um, he, he arrived there and achieved what um, the other group members managed to do as well. Uh, that brings uh, another question to mind. Uh, do you f have you found that a lot of people have found a certain reluctance or fear in in going into the the outdoors early in the morning or sort of d in, in the hours of darkness anyway? Uh, and there's a certain concern of, about their safety in in sort of wild places. Well, I mean, it, it's it's perhaps uh, a concern for for some people, but the courses that we're running. Uh, can accommodate uh, any uh, a group of abilities and we're not really doing extreme uh, trips within these. Uh, the great thing about the trips in Noida, as I mentioned, is that we are based um, on a daily on, on a daily boat. Um, the, the boat's um, chartered, as I say, for the week and we're, we're getting out to the, to the <coughs> excuse me, to the islands we're, we're making short walks uh, into locations, uh, many of them marine, some of them mountains uh, in, in sky. But we're not, I mean, we're not climbing to the top of the Coolins. We're going into parts of the Coolins and we're, we're doing workshops in location. But I wouldn't say that it's a concern. And certainly um, there haven't been any people on the trips that have not participated fully in, uh, in the activities. Occasionally, perhaps, there's someone that decides that they, they kind of want a day to themselves and maybe they want to look at their own images, work in their own images, or perhaps even to, to read just to change the pace. After all, uh, as we you know, said at the beginning, it is a holiday for them. So... Um, we can accommodate a, a wide cross-section of people and abilities. But what I would say is that, you know, you've obviously got to be reasonably fit. You've got to be able to carry your own cameras over um, sometimes pretty rugged and rough um, uh, moorland or uh, climb a small hill. But it's, it's no more than that. It's, it's not about um, testing people's physical abilities. It's about giving them opportunities to take images that they might not perhaps have done uh, under uh, their own efforts. And I suppose it would be true to say that most people would assume that you know, the best picture is from the top, but obviously that, that ne isn't necessarily the case. Quite, Bob. Um, in fact, just on uh, Stack Polly, where, uh, as I mentioned, we were two weeks ago, 
some of the um, fitter group members managed to get onto the summit. And, um, you know, my chosen location was probably uh, a couple of hundred feet under that and was actually a better location. And they sort of worked that out um, themselves by the time that they descended. They, they guessed that they, they were slightly too high. And the perspectives, funnily enough, um, from the point that we'd chosen um, are actually better. I know that from experience, of course. I've been in the summit. Um, and often um, the summit is not the best place to be. It's just really to find a point that's high enough to open up the landscape and let the landscape reveal itself. That's really what it's about. Mm, well, I should imagine that would be one of the greatest things of, of, of going on a course like this would then be to sit down in the uh, studio afterwards and compare all your, your photographs together and suddenly realise uh, with great clarity that you were in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time. <laughs> the wrong place at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, so typically then, obviously the, the average person uh, with average fitness can, can come on these courses and, and um, accommodate, you can accommodate them no problem. Now what about equipment? What sort of equipment do, would you expect people to, uh, to, to, to bring with them? What, what would be best for them to benefit the best out of it? Well, Bob, what's made this, uh, this vehicle attractive is, 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 is digital photography. I mean, it's, it, it's just uh, empowered people to go off into the sort of locations that I'm taking them to um, where we can uh, look and critique the images that they shoot um, in the evening. And that's really what gives um, these courses value. They're, they're learning and um, I'm looking at the images that they shoot um, in the evening and saying to them, I think this works very well and I, I think this one doesn't work very well. And of course, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning, as I keep telling people. So the answer to your question is a digital camera is, is really um, what um, I'm hoping that uh, the clients will bring along with them because they're going to get more out of that through the critique session. If they're going to shoot and film, I don't have a problem with that, but they're not going to benefit in the same way that those of the group members with digital cameras are um, in, in that respect. So I would say a digital camera, uh, probably two uh, zoom lenses, a mid-range zoom and perhaps something a bit longer, but um, something typically 24 to 70 and 70 to 200 would cover more than 90% of your photographic opportunities in most locations. And if people want then to add something a bit longer, a 300mm lens um, might be useful, but it's probably not going to be used to any great extent. So it's not all about equipment, it's knowing what to do with the equipment. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I presume there's a tripod and, and various filters and whatever that would just be uh, fill the bag out. Absolutely. I mean, a tripod is is, uh, is essential. It's one of the um, it's one of the items on my um, equipment list. I mean, what a tripod does, um, apart from eradicating camera shake, is it allows you to work at slower shutter speeds, stop your apertures down, and get real performance um, from the lens. And also, um, if you're shooting with uh, with telephoto lenses. Again, it eradicates the danger of camera shake through the, um, through the lens. I mean, image sharpness has got as much to do with camera shake as it has with lens design. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm working on a tripod almost uh, 98, 99% of the time. I can't 
Recently, there's the, the, the subject matter that you'll come up with in your best to, to, to not be in a tripod. But by and large, whether I'm shooting static or even in wildlife, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll um, be in a tripod because it gives you image sharpness, and that's really what you're trying to achieve so often. Well, I'm sure you, you've, you've whetted people's appetite here to um, possibly come along to one of your, your courses or one of your shorter courses. Um, and as you say, all the details presumably are on your, on your website. Uh, so could you just um, give people an idea of what's coming perhaps over the next 12 months so they can add it to their Christmas list and um, ha- put it in front of their, um, their loved one? They, we're, um, we're just about to advertise uh, three events uh, in the early part of next year uh, in Scotland at a hotel, and I just need final confirmation from them to, to confirm that. But that information will go onto the website in the next couple of weeks. Um, these will be typically weekend courses and perhaps even a day course, and um, they'll be in Persia uh, in Scotland. So. It'll be reasonably easy to access, certainly for those people living in Scotland, and it'll give us the opportunity to to be in an environment where there is a, a superb um, uh, collection of locations um, which uh, which we can use, and also the facilities to critique that work through digital projectors in uh, in one of the lecture theatres. So there'll be that. Next year there's two uh, events again in Noida, one in June and one in September. There'll be another one in Ascent uh, in September. And in conjunction with KE Adventure Travel, I'm going to be running probably three or four trips overseas, perhaps to Alaska, uh, perhaps to Greenland. And details of these will be coming uh, on to the website in uh, the next uh, three or four weeks. And the website address is? Uh, the normal website is www.colinpryor.co.uk. There is a new website which will be launched in two weeks. The um, photography school website can be through, found through Google, but you'll get that at colinpryor.com forward slash photography school. But ultimately, when the new site uh, is launched in a couple of weeks, everything will be found through the columnprior.co.uk address. I, I, and I presume they're all going to be linked anyway to... to they are. From they, they'll be under that one domain, so, and there'll be a gateway page to which you can uh, find wherever you want to go on the site, whether it's the store, whether it's the photography school, or ultimately the picture library, which will come on next year. Well, I'm, I'm very pleased for you that the courses have taken off, obviously, as well as they have, and, and they certainly sound fantastic and, and fascinating and, and very, very rewarding. So congratulations on that front. Um, what about your, your own shooting? Have you, you know, has that taken a bit of a back seat with all this time spent doing these courses? Well, this year I haven't travelled as much uh, as I've done in the past. Um, I've been restructuring my business um, and um, I've been just collecting my thoughts on where I'm going to go next, but I am working on two books at the moment. One will be a Scottish book, which will be published in 2009, and the other will be a big international book, which will probably be 2010. So um, this year I've, I've just really... Um, uh, focused my ideas on the format for these books and I'm going to be spending time overseas and in Scotland over the next two or three years producing these books. Well, you're, you're a busy man as always, Colin, and, and thank you very much indeed for taking the time just before you disappear off to, to Bhutan and I wish you a very, very safe and enjoyable trip. Pleasure. Thank you, Bob. The Potsy. 
Well, thanks to uh, to Colin for joining me for that uh, for that chat. And uh, as you heard, ColinPrior.co.uk is where you will find information on the courses that uh, that he runs, be them overseas or in the UK. And certainly, uh, if anybody's a, a passionate photographer out there and also passionate about the the outdoors, I can't imagine a better uh, Christmas present than to uh, to spend time learning how to shoot um, and use the equipment to get the best possible results from it with somebody with, with his sort of knowledge and background. So all I can do is suggest people to uh, to have a look at that. And Colin has very, very kindly donated 12 calendars uh, for today's prizes as well. That's £120 worth of calendars. Uh, and more on that competition shortly. Uh, but first we're going to have a look at the diary. Now, um, as we've mentioned in the past, everything tends to be a bit sort of North of England-centric uh, when it comes to outdoor events. So I've been hunting around and I've uh, picked up the diary from uh, the West Midlands Walking Group and Rural Ways. Uh, Rural Ways contra- co- concentrates on events uh, going on in uh, the southeast, and the West Midlands is, strangely enough, uh, specialising in the West Midlands. So uh, let's hit the diary button. So what's happening soon in the great outdoors? The Podzine Diary. Yes, indeed. As I say, we're uh, taking the diary notes from somebody else's uh, website, but uh, hopefully it'll prove of interest to people uh, in that area. Uh, so the West Midlands Walking Group, uh, Uh They've got a couple of evening moonlight strolls coming up, which sounds very attractive. Uh, on Thursday, the 22nd of November at Barston um, at 7.30, uh, an easy walk by the sound of it. And on the Friday, the 23rd of November at Kenilworth, meet. Uh, in the small car park in front of the Kenilworth Castle by the Green and Pub. Uh, two different leaders there, so uh, there's something a bit different. Now, down uh, further down south in rural ways, uh, on the 23rd of November, it is a uh, beer festival. Beer festival, food and drink and music. 23rd of November through to the 25th of uh, November. North Hampshire Campaign for Real Ale is planning, together with the Sports and Social Club, for the second Whitchurch Beer Festival featuring Hampshire beers following the success success of last year. Uh, and obviously there's be a range of locally brewed uh, beers and ciders, uh, quality award-winning Hampshire sausages, and this year some jazz. Uh, the tickets are vary from £2.50 to £5, and the information is on the Whitchurch Beer festival.org.uk that's whitchurchbeerfestival.org.uk back to the walking group Uh, Derbyshire on the 24th uh, at Edale at time 11 o'clock there's a challenging walk of 8 miles Uh, on the Sunday the 29th at Stanage Edge up in Derbyshire uh, there is another challenging walk of 12 miles as I say all the details can be found on the website and that's the best place to to contact people Uh, the Rural Wales Rural Ways sorry that weekend on Saturday the 1st of December have got a activities art and craft family fun day um, at the visitor centre Selsey Road Siddlesham in West Sussex uh, basically making Christmas decorations out of natural and recycled materials Um, fun for all the family really uh, but ideally for uh, children aged to 12 and plus Um, back to the walking group Uh, then the 2nd of December Sunday the 2nd Bradford and Lathkill Dales uh, 10.30 a 12 mile walk in the White Peaks 
And Saturday the 8th of December, Stretton on Dunsmore, 10.30, nine mile easy walk, uh, exploring Dunsmore Heath. Uh, very friendly group actually, the, um, the website for the West Midlands walking group, as most walking groups can be, uh, and they certainly seem to encourage people around the sort of 20s to 40s to, to join in. So do go and have a look at their website, there's more details there. Uh, that weekend also we have got uh, down at, in East Sussex, um, activities, uh, cleaning rubbish up, washed up along the beach by the autumn storms uh, at uh, Rye Harbour Nature Reserve. Uh, information at uh, www.wildrye.info wildrye.info uh, and that sounds like it would be quite a useful thing to do and mix with people from 10 till 1 clearing the beach up and, and having a look what's around there uh, and they've also mentioned another one the 8th of December a guided tour uh, West Sussex County Council are, are organising this one um, booking essential westsussex.gov.uk and uh, you can join a conservation warden for a two and a half hour amble stroll in search of migrant and overwintering wildfowl fowl and waders as numbers steadily build up in the harbour so that would be quite an interesting one to do as well uh, back to the walking group what a busy bunch they are eh? so where do we get to we got to uh, Stretton on Dunsmore on the Sunday the 9th of December Callow Hill at Bentley and Woodgate uh, time 10 o'clock and straightforward walk apparently it says nine and a half miles um, and then the following week on Saturday the 15th of December uh, Charity Sutton Park Walk in Birmingham uh, 10.30 grade easy seven miles uh, starting at the Crown Inn and Walsall Road uh, Sunday the 16th Guiting Power lovely place Guiting Power time 10 o'clock uh, straightforward walk eight miles uh, with a pub stop midway oh heavens forbid and then getting close to Crimble we have Saturday the 22nd of December Bunster Hill and Thorpe Cloud this time it's a 10 mile challenging walk starting at 10 o'clock uh, perfect 10 mile winter walk taking in some superb scenery but there's two very steep hills on to navigate Bunster Hill early on in the walk and Thorpe Cloud near the end bring pack lunch and there's no pub stop so uh, where's that meeting at Dove Dovedale Car Park uh, anyway all the details are on the website so just to repeat those two websites um, that's the West Midlands Walking Group which is wmwg.co.uk nice bunch there and the rural um, ways he says fumbling with bits of paper hang on a second is www.ruralways.org.uk and there's a list of all the events there and m many more that I've actually mentioned there's a lot more family things as well going on but I just thought the active events would be more interesting The Podzing Diary Yes, and this is probably the culmination of a week's anticipation for many people out there, and that is the announcement of the winner for last week's competition, which was to win an Alpkit Pipe Dream 400 sleeping bag worth £105. Uh, donated by Alpkit, thank you very much indeed, the guys up there at Alpkit, uh, for doing so, and uh, I've spoken to them just before the show uh, and heard that uh, the numbers of people going to the website and entering their Collab 08 competition, uh, which I recommend everybody does who's, who's got an idea for something for the outdoors world um, has definitely been on the increase so thanks for, for doing that uh, your support and the support of all these sort of activities we do between us uh, on the internet are gratefully uh, appreciated so um, yes we had well over 100 uh, well under 100 entries for the uh, for the competition uh, so it only uh, now leaves me just to uh, tape, type in the last couple of things press go and see what happens 
And here it is. Yes, straight off the machine. So, the winner of the Alpkit Pipe Dream 400 sleeping bag is... I like that bit when they leave that gap on the competitions, don't you? It's sort of that anticipation. But if they leave it too long, you sort of get really annoyed. So the winner is... And it really drives you mad, doesn't it, after a while? It just gets on your wick. Anyway, so the winner is Dave Dean. Dave Dean from Liskard in uh, Cornwall. Congratulations, Dave. Uh, thank you for your comments and notes as well. Uh, he said, the Funky Dabber. That was the question. What is a Funky Dabber? Uh, well, on the Alpkit website, it tells you. The Funky Dabber is a chalk bag with a funky print. Absolutely right. And he says, P.S., uh, keep up the good work with the podcast. Really helps me uh, going at work, although the headphones hanging out of my ears always garner a funny look. So, um, Dave, congratulations. Um, Alpkit will be in touch with you via uh, your email address that you've given me. Uh, to just ask you if you would prefer a red or black or which side you would like your zip on. So uh, congratulations on that uh, and uh, I hope you have many, many cosy nights sleeping in that. So stay tuned, we've got more competitions coming. Um, as I said uh, earlier on, uh, Colin Pryor has very, very uh, graciously uh, donated us some calendars, 12 calendars, uh, all about the uh, 10 or £12 mark. These are these beautiful big calendars. I've got them all sitting here actually, just pulling them across now. Uh, the Endangered Species Calendar, uh, Scotland Wild Places, uh, the World's Wild Places, which is this massive thing, and uh, Calendar 2008, Capturing the Essence of Scotland's Wild Places, uh, and they are just beautiful. Um, I, I, I love photography, as you may or may not have got, gathered so far, and... Uh, uh, Colin's work is just just wonderful. So these, uh, I've got 12 of them to give away. And um, they will grace the walls, I'm sure, of many an office or a home. Uh, and leave you with anticipation of uh, places to go and see when you look at the pictures. So uh, we've got to come up with a suitable competition, of course. Uh, and the fairest one, I think, is uh, is this. Now, on Colin Pryor's website, which is colinpryor.co.uk, there is a description of each of the items that he produces, be them calendars or books or whatever. Now, um, one of the sentences that describes the particular product starts with this, and I want to know what the final words are. Uh, the sentence says um, in the description, uh, in this unique collection of photography, Colin has spent the last 10 years documenting the last of the wild remote lands at the furthest extremes of the earth. From the shifting ice sheets of Greenland to the oxygen-starved where? So let me repeat that. The sentence is, In this unique collection of photography, Colin has spent the last ten years documenting the last of the wild remote lands at the furthest extremes of the Earth. From the shifting ice sheets of Greenland to the oxygen-starved blank. Fill that blank in. There is a place name there, and what I'd like you to do is fill it in, uh, give me your details. If you would, please uh, do ensure you put your name and address and contact details on the email. So many have just come in with just the answer. Um, it would be easier for me and everybody else if you could just provide the details so we can ship the stuff straight out to you. And the email address to send your um, entry to is colinpryor-competition at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. So that's Colin Pryor hyphen competition 
at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. And on the show notes with this show will be obviously a direct link to that. It's on the website as well, theoutdoorstation.co.uk, along with a whole variety of other links and comments and feedback we're getting from people as well. Uh, and it's your chance to win a beautiful calendar in time for Christmas, either for yourself or a member of the family. So I do hope um, you find the answer to that. It is um, relatively easy to find. It just takes uh, five or ten minutes to hunt around the site, uh, and you can play the... Uh, play the sentence back but you're looking for the sentence that starts from the shifting ice sheets of greenland to the oxygen starved where question mark so uh, tell me that and you could be a lucky winner once again we're pulling them all out of the hat next week uh, and we will then ship the goods straight out to people so that pretty well uh, brings that show to an end i can't think of anything else i've got to add to that so uh, thanks once again for joining me uh, i do hope you've enjoyed the show where we try and keep the ball rolling we'll try and keep a few more things happening as well and uh, we will see you again uh, same time next week have a good week now cheers now bye bye this independent programme has been brought to you by The Outdoor Station, the exciting new way to see and hear free information about the outdoors world. If you're a blogger or if you have a website, you can now incorporate any of these podcasts directly to your site, completely free. Visit our website, theoutdoorstation.co.uk, for more information.